Hey, quick warning before we start. Um, honestly, I'm frankly tired, and Ford peppered in several F-bombs in this episode, so if you're offended by the uh, F-word or the S-H-I-T word uh, or any of that, uh, listen to one of our other podcasts or, uh, I don't know, just don't listen to it with kids or anything. I doubt any of our listeners have kids, but if you do... Be wary. So, without further ado, here's Off the Wagon. Hello and welcome to Off the Wagon. This is your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we got James Maxwell, Ford Brennan. We are back. The offseason started. So, you know what? Everyone's 0-0. So, Thunder Talk's back as well. The boys are back. I, I, I'm bringing it back. So, yeah, Jameson... Ford, welcome, uh, welcome back into the pod. We got Thunder Talk back. What's up? Yep. All right. So first things first, before we really dive into, you know, what to think about the draft, thinking about free agency, uh, and several large moves that have been made since, let's just let's just talk about the NBA Finals a little bit. And mainly, mainly, I'll ask you this, Ford, first. What uh, was your big takeaway from? This from this finals, especially kind of the end. Uh, what do what do you think? Um, my big takeaway was probably just the overall depth in team play of Toronto Raptors. I thought overall they really showcased how deep they are and how like um, the role players played their roles. They knocked down threes. They had shooters. They had guys in the paint. Like they just overall played harder and better overall. And injuries aside, I mean they just looked by like the better team. But then again, you know. A healthy Golden State probably wins that series. I mean, I mean, I, w- I mean, I would have said, you know, before the series, you know, one hundred percent they would have won. But Toronto really looked good. Like they just looked like they wanted it more, you know. And I think the injuries finally caught up to Golden State and bit them right in the ass, and they just couldn't keep up. It was just too much, you know, with Kevin going down, all the drama surrounding him and his Achilles and. Clay being hurt, being out of the game, you know. Uh, Andre Iguodala wasn't 100%. Kevin Looney wasn't 100%, you know. And so I, I thought, you know, it, the, the injury bug finally caught up to him, and they just couldn't keep up, and Toronto wanted it really bad. Yeah, I don't want all of the injury kind of to be some damper on the Toronto Raptors winning this series and playing a very brilliantly coached and played games, five, six games. I mean – it's really sad because the whole thing we've been talking about this whole time is Clay Thompson injury, Kevin Durant injury, and we don't get to hear much about how brilliant the Toronto Raptors were. So, I mean, I, that's that's just something that we really need to focus on more. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, the defensive scheme around what the Raptors put together with, I mean, they, they were swarming to the ball. It made they, they made life impossible for Steph Curry. It was incredible. And uh, a performance that... You know, it, it's a bummer that it was bookended by obviously two ma- major injuries and then an Anthony Davis trade. But this is definitely one of those championships that you really got to give it up to Toronto and especially Masai uh, Ujiri for really taking the risk both on Nick Nurse and Kawhi Leonard. Because this, I, I mean, it, it might be one of the greatest risks uh, that paid off in NBA history, if not the greatest. Oh, you could definitely argue it's the greatest. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, it, it, I mean, he put he, a franchise on the line. He really did. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, he he had his guy in uh, Demar Derozan, who 
by all by all accounts was that loyal superstar that the uh, Raptors could never get. And he and he he shipped him off for a better player who might still very might what might well leave, and got him a title. So honestly, one of the hats off to Masai Ujiri, one of the greatest uh, off seasons probably ever. Seriously, incredible. So yeah, took a page out of Presti's book and did better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean that just shows how good of a player Kawhi Leonard is and how important it is for load management as well. Everything the Raptors did going down to management and coaching this year was just beyond impressive. Firing the play, I mean, the coach of the year, everyone thought was crazy. Ended up getting mm-hmm. Nick Nurse. He's one of the top coaches in the league now. After what he did in the finals is extremely impressive. Uh, I've I've harped on how good, like impressed I've been with him on this pod multiple times. Um, it's just the Raptors here. Th- this is going to be a team that's going to be scary in the future, and. Um, I've Not just got a weird leaves. feeling. I, I, I'm telling you, I just think Kawhi is going to stay. But, I mean, we'll get back into that whenever the free agency pod hits up. I'm just really, really, like, itching to get to draft talk. I just really want to. Is that all mm-hmm. right, Bobby? Yeah, I'm all uh, for I, it. We, we can I'll say, yeah, I'll say right. one more thing about the finals. I think, I mean, this just – it this whole playoffs, but mainly the finals, really showed how much of a superstar Kawhi Leonard is. Like that threw that that catapulted him into arguably the greatest player in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I, it's like, a huge argument. Yeah, this was a series where Kawhi Leonard went from like th- this really good player who was on you know a really cool Spurs team, but you never could really you know gauge what he is to. Oh yeah, this guy is one of the greatest players of all time. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> top 50. Uh, I'm, I'm talking top 50. I'm talking top 50. Okay, if you use it by that. I mean, th- it's going to be the same maybe. conversations that we're going to see on all the talk shows whenever Kawhi won his finals MVP in San Antonio. It's just what, it's what happens with championships. Uh, narratives change really quickly. And uh, the way he played and the way he carried is just something impressive and definitely even more convincing than it was back then that he is the best player in the league with an aging yeah. LeBron. He's top three. And it hurt KD. But the, an Achilles ruptured KD and an aging LeBron who really did not show out last season. And I, I it's really hard. It's you. If you tell me a convincing argument for Kawhi is the best player in the league, I'll probably join in on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, he's definitely in that conversation now, but for now I agree with you. What you said earlier, James So let's dive into uh, draft talk. Um, first things first. Yeah. We know Anthony Davis got traded. Everyone knows that. We'll probably honestly talk more about that in the free agency pod more than anything because I honestly think that that impacts that more than anything. So we'll, we'll you'll get our two cents on that later. But for now, let's talk some uh, NBA draft. It is, believe it or not, draft week. Here we are. Um, so first things first, Jameson, I know you've scoured your draft board. You have your uh, mock draft set. Who's your guy uh, going in this far out, going uh, four, four days before is it four days before draft day? It's on Thursday, yes. Yeah. Okay. So we're yeah we're 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 on Monday. This airs uh, Tuesday, and uh, drafts on Thursday. So, Jameson, who's your guy? Well, that's the question. Uh, my guy for the Thunder is nobody. I do not want the Thunder to use this draft pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the reports that came from Shams and Woj saying that we are looking to shop this pick to somehow gain a veteran presence and obtain cap relief 
it's going to be – I'm really scared we're going to see a, like a, um, a trade on draft day that's going to be make absolutely no sense. It's going to be something crazy where we trade Schroeder or trade Robertson in the pick and we get someone back who's like Nemanja Bielica or somebody, you know. It's going to be some it's going to it's going to completely confuse us. But it's going to be an all money thing. I I just think that this 21st pick we're going to use is 10 million in our back pocket as a trade chip. I know. It, it's it's mm-hmm. it's crazy. And, well, and I can honestly, see that happening 100%. Yeah, and honestly, like, it's kind of funny. Apparently, we're all in agreement on this because I, I've had that take as well lined up in my back pocket. I, I expected you to surprise me there with be like, oh, we want someone. I don't know. You, you probably found some Bosnian dude or some, I don't know. But I agree. I think probably the best thing to do with this team in win-now mode is to ship it off. And pro- probably Patterson's going to be that, uh, that mm-hmm. player we have with it. Uh, I think somewhere down the line we do try to ditch uh, Schroeder or Adams. Um, yeah, not not Adams. Adams. It will not be Adams. I... Adams. Adams is too big of a contract to move with the pick. The, what we're kind of what I'm what I think. This is my take yeah, from it. Exactly. What we're trying to do with this pick is send this pick, and then with a player say so. Um, Schroeder's got fifteen and a half million on his contract right now for the next ten years. I mean, for the it'll be Patterson or Schroeder for the next two years. Andre's got ten million for the next year, and then we've got Patterson with five and a half ish, I think, for one year. So I think that if we trade Patterson in the pick, it'd be kind of a moving back to the second round if there's somebody we really like in this draft. But what I'm thinking more is we take Robertson, who's got that ten million contract, which is what a first round pick is usually estimated to be. We take that and we trade it for a low-cost veteran, someone that can be in an eight-man, nine-man rotation for us for sure, where we don't have a glaring weakness like Abdul Nader in the lineup. And then we use that money that we saved on with that whatever $10 million with Andre Robertson, and we can use an MLE and sign a Wesley Matthews, a guy that Sam Presti talked, mentioned maybe three or four times in his exit interview. He's obviously lasered on Wesley Matthews right now, and we're going to be making moves to move money because we have too much on the books right now. And mm-hmm. I know we've 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 talked like we're obviously going to talk free agency a little later, but I kind of worry whether or not Wesley Matthews will settle settle for the MLE. Uh, his move to go to Indiana, I think, was clearly something where he could was trying to parlay that into you know, a bigger contract, it seems that kind of weird that he would just then settle for an MLE. Well, you gotta realize he's, he's too young and playing too well to settle for that. He's, he's 30, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's not 35 or anything. I mean, yeah, yeah 30, but I mean, 30 is old. He's coming off an Achilles injury, well, which makes not it for a man. And, and the thing is with him, it, it, MLEs is this is not the minimum. That's yeah, that's still not like that's four minimum. and a half, five million dollars. You know, that's still like a good chunk of money. I mean, how much is he going to get more on an, a deal that's not an MLE? How much do you think teams are actually going to pay a guy who's off Achilles injury and he's doesn't? I mean, he's he's a good guy next to players, but I just I don't I don't see if he wants to win him getting much more than an MLE, Bobby. No, I, I, I just see like him as a more like it. I know it's not, it doesn't sound like it's that more when you're really thinking in, you know, single, single digits, but I could see him getting eight mil, nine mil 
Yeah, something like that. I was going to say, like Detroit or something, when you know, would pay him like that. You know? Uh, like, if he wanted yeah, to which, win, he wouldn't have gone to Indiana because he signed with Indiana after Victor Oladipo got injured. And, I mean, I'm not – look, I wouldn't sign him for more than the MLA. I agree with you on that. I There shouldn't be that many teams lining up for him. But I, I have a feeling that someone's going to be trying to get Wesley Matthews. And I'll also say this. If he signs for the MLE, it's not going to be in Oklahoma City. It's going to be in Golden State. Hmm. I mean, well, you're that, not going to win there. definitely something to consider. Um, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll disagree with you on that, Ford. Um, I'm kind of – got to realize that they still got an MVP that's playing there. And if Kevin Durant leaves, that's going to be oh. a large amount of money. And Clay Thompson should be still on track to make it by the playoffs. Who knows what they do this free agency? Like we said, um, uh, who knows? They, I, they might bring in a Wesley. You can't expect Clay Thompson to be like a hundred percent though in the playoffs, like as his first game. He's not going to be one hundred percent, but I mean, yeah, he's still got ACL injury. He's still got Clay Thompson, who's a decent yeah. part. He's still a top fifteen player, in my opinion, and then an MVP. I, I I don't know. I just I still think they're making the playoffs. All things aside, getting oh, back, we'll to make the playoffs. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm talking uh, well, rings. <laughs> Ford is always talking rings. He's a Kobe fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, all things aside, though, I, I agree. I think the Thunder do try to ditch this. And when I when I brought up Robertson and Adams, I think that's going to be a deal that's made later down the line. However, I, like I I agree with you. I think Patterson is uh, he's seen his last days in a Thunder jersey. I think he's very very gone from this team. Uh, Presti, if we've known anything about him, he's very shrewd and very good at cutting the fat. And I think that Patterson is definitely a guy who's not long in the thunder. Um, I mean, shoot, I, I, I need to see the numbers calculated, but the, I mean, just, just in talking, just in terms of talking a salary with, you know, the, uh, luxury with all the multipliers and stuff, it, it's going to save us. I mean, millions in tax, which is something I, I know the owners want to do. So. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because we're one of the smallest markets, but one of the biggest paychecks. So, yeah. I, 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 I just, just wouldn't. Go ahead. I'm just scared for this draft, especially for people that really don't pay attention too much to the number wise, that I really think Twitter is going to explode. So, if, to everyone listening, please be the voice of reason to others. If we give up our pick, and then give up a guy like Robertson that a lot some people still hold dear to their heart because of his defense. I some do. people some people hate. Right. Um, which I mean, I'd understand the argument, but I'll disagree with. It's gonna make zero sense in this current present time. But by them doing that, that shows you that the Thunder have pretty good confidence that they can get somebody down the line with the money that they're shedding. They wouldn't just be throwing away Robertson. They wouldn't be throwing away just random 21st pick if they didn't feel pretty secure that they've got a good backup plan for what's going to happen with this extra money. So and keep a player when healthy is all first-team defense. Like, well, that's a big gamble to throw away. Well, yeah, but, I mean, I don't know if you can say that Robertson coming off of just one of the more tumultuous years I've ever seen – you know, with, with with injuries just popping up like crazy, if that's like a huge gamble. But I will say this: I don't know if I don't know how much uh, Robertson's trade value demands. He if, doesn't have any. I, he has none. So, do you think? I don't know. Do you? Do you? I, I just I kind of think that the twenty first and Robertson for all for for tax relief, like 
I don't know if some actually I take that back. I forget that the Atlanta Hawks took on Carmelo Anthony for just cap relief or <laughs> nothing. It, I, I think if, I think whoever would pick up Robertson in that situation would probably just cut him. I mean, yeah, definitely. And you, you got to realize that, um, like I said earlier, the first round picks are about $10 million worth of money. And having a first-round pick and picking a young guy, those contracts are so valuable in the league. Having a young guy that's getting paid only two and a half million, you know, on your roster that has first-round talent—that's that's that's what everyone wants in this league. And for people that are hoarding all of these first-round picks, say like in Atlanta or Boston, uh, more so in Atlanta's point, like Atlanta can build a really good eight-man core lineup with a lot of youth. And then, therefore, prepare themselves if they want to open up max slots in the future. Definitely. That's kind of what Brooklyn did right now. And that's what you see with guys like Karis mm-hmm. LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie that they got in. I guess Spencer Dinwiddie just signed a deal. But guys like Karis LeVert, you know, they get plenty of those guys, get a good deep rotation, then move Joe the Harris, money around. Baby. Yeah, you move the money around, then you got plenty of room for max guys. That's exactly what Atlanta's doing right now, and that's exactly what the kind of team is wanting to take on Andre Robertson and our first-round pick. Exactly. And I'll ask you one more question. Um, now, in that Robertson scenario where we send Robertson in the 21st pick, I probably would see the Thunder attempting to take, you know, an early second round type of selection. What value do you see in that early second round? Well, I mean, there's two narratives with the whole if we're trading the pick, do we get a veteran return? Like I said, like Nemanja Bjelica or like, I don't know, someone Vince crazy. Carter. I, I don't know. You know, like just a guy, just, just a guy that can be in a rotation, an eight-man rotation that would serve a purpose. I'm just saying Bjelica because like he's a shooting kind of big man that we need to space the floor. That's just a glaring need that's in our, that in our lineup that we need. Another type of player we'd be kind of eyeing on would be a wing. But if we're using that money that we saved on this trade for Wesley Matthews, I'm thinking more big man if y'all get what I'm trying to say here. But if we do mm-hmm. kind of move back and try to find a guy, I would guess that it would. Um, we'd kind of go in the area of just – I I think it would be kind of like a, a like a larger forward, not like a Hamadou Diallo size, maybe like a 6'8 kind of guy, like um, a guy you can play at the 3-4. Um, a guy that I like really kind of for an option with that if we did trade back um, and save money – would be kind of like a Chuma Okiki from Auburn. He's coming off an ACL, so his stock's a lot lower for teams that want him right now. And if we kind of be patient with him, he could definitely turn into a really good mm-hmm. defender, shoot the three really well. Like, he is a guy that let that Auburn team roll through the NCAA. And whenever he went down, it was absolutely devastating. They did pull off a win after that. But, like, you could tell the team was not the same whenever Okiki left. And I think he can be a really valuable guy if he comes back off that ACL injury during the off. Well, let me, let me pose a question. You think the Thunder would try – I mean, obviously you can't do this with, like, a Patrick Patterson, you know. or I mean, maybe you could with a Schroeder, but definitely for Roberson. You think the Thunder would try and trade up? I uh, – I, I don't think we got the assets to trade up. Is the I mean, problem. I mean, I was thinking Schroeder and Roberson plus the first pick, like one of them plus the first pick would maybe do it. Maybe crack, you know, 12, 11, yes. something so like I, that. Oh. I am very high on Schroeder. Like other, some people aren't as much, but I really like him in our offense. The problem is his contract mm-hmm. 
is almost a negative in today's league. If you got a guy that's a low-end starting point guard and a high-end backup point guard getting paid, what, $14.5 million, that's not a very valuable thing for a team that's trying to squeeze their money and give money to big stars and then find bargains for um, role players. So he's going to be definitely a tough one. He's not going to have much value. He might be another guy that we trade with our first-round pick and just dump his salary. And just maybe get back like a two or three million dollar backup point guard. I don't know, like like I don't know, like a Sadoransky in Washington. Or, you know, we trade him there, and they take the twenty first um, while they're rebuilding, and then hold on to Schroeder's contract as kind of their backup for um, John Wall while he's out. I don't know, just something like mm-hmm. that. Maybe I, I just don't think Schroeder's contract is valuable in a trade that will do anything. I think it's it's a negative. I think Andres is a negative contract just because of $10 million for a guy coming off a ruptured patellar tendon. Mm-hmm. And I think Patterson's is a negative contract. Well, uh, I think Phoenix I'll... or Chicago would be dumb enough. We need well, a point no. guard to trade for a sixth or seventh. I'll say this in the defense of Schroeder. I, I actually do think he's a pretty solid point guard, and I think he could definitely fit in on a space where they're trying to, I don't know, like have some relatively veteran leadership. Uh, I, I know he's expensive at $15 million a year, but... I mean, he's a competent point guard. So I thought he played pretty well last year. Yeah, no, yeah. he is. But the like thing if you like, him, I wouldn't be mad. Okay, so the narrative of you're trying to trade him to Phoenix for the six is crazy. I'm just going to put that out there. With that the won't happen. Oh, I, just, I said that it was a joke. I said it was a okay, joke okay. because they're dumb enough. You know? Yeah, okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, but what I'm saying with Phoenix is they can go out on the free agency market and get someone to Schroeder's caliber, you know, and for similar money. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mean, I, I was thinking that they were going to try and trade for like Mike Conley or Drew Holiday. Exactly, and those guys are much, much better off, offers than um, Dennis Schroeder. And then they've got guys on the free agency market right now, say like Malcolm Brogdon. You know, that could be definitely a great spot there. Um, I mean, who else? Uh, mm, like Darren Collison, another guy. Darren Collison would be a guy mm. very similar to the way he who plays like Schroeder. Darren Collison ain't going to get $15.5 on the market, you know? And I can't tell you too much of a difference between Darren Collison and Schroeder other than Darren Collison is a severe, like, way better three-point shooter than him. So, I mean, I just don't see any reason why they would want to take on Schroeder plus give up something for it. His yeah. his value is zero or negative. I'll give you what five. About, what about Minnesota. I'll give you guys. Uh, I'll give you guys both five dollars if Dennis Schroeder wasn't uh, extended in 2016. Without a doubt, he, it, that contract has 2016 all over it. Oh, with yeah. the uh, cap, when the, with the he he just he just looks like a cap spike type of guy. We'll see. I'll look it up. In, in this team that we have right now, no, we wouldn't do that. But if he was playing back on that 2016 team, absolutely, would we have done that? Well, no, that, that's what Bobby's no, no, saying. I, I'm saying that the Hawks probably did that because of the cap spike. Like, yeah. I, I love Schroeder. I think 2016 Schroeder was great. I think, hell, I think 2018, 19 Schroeder was great. I just think that it, it's clearly <laughs> oh one God, of those Bobby. contracts. Was I right? <laughs> Over 26, 2016 a four-year contract. <laughs> there it is. Oh my god, that's I, funny. I mean, that year was so detrimental to several teams because they, they I mean, they, 
they didn't think that. I, I guess they all thought the cap would just keep rising because I mean, we got. I mean, look at the Alan Charlotte Brown clearly Brown. did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Charlotte went crazy, man. It was that it, it easily. Not only did it was it the thing that sent Durant to the Warriors, which completely threw the, threw the league out of balance, but it also left so many teams saddled with absolute awful contracts. Charlotte's been fucked ever since. Hey, yep, oh. yep. There, there it is. There, there it is. Number one. Oh, the F bomb. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, and I guess while we're on this, I, I, I guess while we're on this, this is the one of the biggest problems for the Thunder right now. While we're having to dispose of our twenty first pick, because even though the Victor Oladipo contract played out really well, and that was that was had nothing to do with this trying to get ahead of the cap. This Stephen Adams paying him twenty five million dollars for a center is extremely, extremely hurting us. Even though he's a really good player, he's just not a twenty-five million guy. He's more of a, mm-hmm. I think, a seventeen million guy. And eight million dollars is a lot of money for a title contender. That is two guys that you can bring in in an eight-man rotation at four million dollars. That you can pay them over the veterans minimum and still have the same tax bill. Well, look at what the Rockets play like paid Clint Capella, for example. That's what I think a proper value for Stephen Adams is. What's Clint Capella getting paid? I think like 17 and a half, right? Somewhere around there. Something like that, yeah. yeah because cool. he, he was trying to ask for Adam's money, but the Rockets were like, hey, it's not 2016 anymore. So, you know, they mm-hmm. were able to no- get, they were able to negotiate him down. Uh, and that's, I mean, God, could you imagine if we were still stuck with like 2017 Victor Oladipo, like pre exploding in Indiana with that type of money? Because he got paid. Like four years, uh, 125 million, something like that. Um, and what well he did it like develop. I mean that 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 was a. I think at the time it was a bad. Oladipo got paid 21 million, I think, a year. Right? Wasn't it four year 84? Something like something that. Like yeah, that. I, mean, I mean he he yeah. got paid. Like, yeah. He got seriously paid. Oh yeah, for not really producing. Okay, so I looked it up. Clint Capella is getting paid $16 million a year, which it starts low oh, and wow. it goes incrementally up. Okay, then that's a $9 million difference um, between what would be we'd be paying Steven Adams next year. It's It really is going to hurt us, and it really makes the narrative you have to listen to, should we trade Steven Adams to gain more cap room? While we're on this cap room talk and how it completely t- um, goes with our draft, uh, it really like I, I brought it up in the group text today with everyone. There's kind of like rumors and kind of just Twitter mongols online just thrown out. Like, what if we did trade Adams straight up for Horford? Horford does get no. paid more. He does get paid more, but it would only be for one year while Adams has two. And if the Celtics therefore lose Kyrie Irving and they miss out, they've missed out on this AD trade. It'd be kind of a good way for them towards the future because they need to kind of get another year under their belt rather than just lose Al Horford altogether. But I did see that Al Horford is discussing um, opting out of his player option right now and then doing a three-year extension kind of to take more stability because he's older. But Russell Westbrook— 34. Yes, I understand. But Russell Westbrook— in the narrative in the NBA and what we saw in the Portland series, you can really kind of box in one and kind of crowd the lane and dare him to shoot. 
and it really hurts our offense whenever we don't have a guy who can stretch it at the center. That's why we saw Jeremy Grant play the five a lot in the playoffs. And Steven Adams is perfect and does screen so well. But unless if Russell can't get a good 35% three-point jumper this offseason, I think that's something that we're, we would look at kind of trading a Steven Adams for a center that can shoot. And Al Horford is the prototype Billy Donovan player and a guy that would fit perfectly in our lineup for it. Even though he's 34, what, we, got three, he we, for him. we got three or four that's more true. years, three, three, three years, right? Three years left of good basketball in the Thunder. Al Horford's got three years left of good basketball. That just It's just a match made in heaven. I think mm-hmm. that uh, Steven Adams for, and Hamadou Diallo or something like that are a future second for Al Horford would be a great deal. Do so you think Al Horford's going to be playing solid at 37 years old? Yes, and his style, the way he plays, absolutely. Uh-huh. I agree. I, know, I mean, man. I no, I, I, I think, <laughs> I, I, think I, I think Horford has that kind of, I don't want to say Tim Duncan style because he's nowhere near Duncan quality-wise, but the, the stretch-the-floor, methodical type of center is something I think would very much work well with us. I think... I think it would definitely help. Well, one of the bigger issues we've had we had with Portland is they would just pack it in down low and make it impossible for Adams or Westbrook to get anything going, and then we, you know, couldn't kick it. It, it really hurt our three point opportunities. So I think a guy like Al Horford is very enticing. And then, like like Ford said, uh, not only the history with Billy Donovan at Florida won two championships back to back. Uh, but we flirted with him in the past. We would have had him signed, sealed, delivered in 2016 <laughs> if uh, Kevin Durant, you know, canceled the Hamptons trip. Uh, that didn't work out. But Horford has shown interest in the Thunder before, and I, I don't know. I think that I think that Horford on the Thunder would be something that I I would be very intrigued with. Uh, definitely. So you think maybe. Steven Adams in the 21st pick for Horford in the 14th. Oh, no. We would not be getting more value for him. This I don't know, be... man. Presty. <laughs> don't ever it... count him out. It's Danny H. He got, he, got Paul, he got Paul George, though, without a first-round pick. Dude, it's Danny so. H. <laughs> I just, Who knows? The thing is, I feel like we have to give value to get Horford because Horford being on one year left versus Steven Adams on two. We just talked about how Steven Adams' contract is not that good. We need to think of we need to give Steven Adams then just a little bit of value and try to convince them why it would make sense for them to have a good center for the following years rather than having a center for only a couple of years, especially with the young core, um, letting Jason Tatum develop into a star. And um, him being your center is going to take, I mean, Jason Tatum being a star and being the number one on a team is going to take a t- two years probably. And just how Al Horford have that left in the tank for him. Steven Adams does, but Al Horford doesn't. That's the pitch that you got to send to the Celtics with it. And I don't think it's going to be a, they want Steven Adams, give it to me. It's going to be more of a negotiating. We have to give a little bit to get him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm just going to drop this idea in here. Like, uh, like dropping some Mentos and a, two liter of Coke, but it's not, it would never happen because San Antonio wouldn't trade him. LaMarcus Aldridge. No, I mean, no. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, see, okay. Well, yeah, let me think back on that. I, I, I want a center that can, that can shoot the ball and spread the court. Well, but also has an ability to set good screens, rebound the ball. I mean, that's a lot to ask for. LaMarcus can do all that, but I feel like LaMarcus kind of centers his game too much outside compared to Horford really can get down there and 
Yeah. Horford's just perfect. I guess I'm kind of just stuck on him for now. Um, but that that would yes, I guess mm-hmm. Ford. There is a possibility we could see something crazy like a Stephen Adams Al Horford trade at the deadline. You never know. I mean, not the deadline. And also, the Marcus Aldridge is also 33 years old. Yeah, and I didn't mean the deadline. Yeah. I meant I meant the I meant the draft. We 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 traded Serge Ibaka at the draft for something crazy. I mean, we're not scared to send people off on the draft night. And the thing about um, when when does Horford have to opt into his contract? Uh, isn't you it like I, I don't know? Is isn't it usually? I'm not sure, but he would have to opt in before we traded him. So um, that'd be of a course. part of the deal. So it'd be kind of almost on Horford if he'd rather come here, and that's where you kind of have to hope. Uh, he likes Billy and really wants to come. I'm sure he does. Uh, but you can't trade for a guy who isn't locked into a number for next year. So it's almost mm-hmm. kind of like a no-trade clause for Al Horford. Exactly, exactly. So uh, here's a question. If the Thunder were to not trade the pick, who would you want him to take? Okay. So um, I guess I'll, I'll, the first person I, I would want that I'd hope would fall to us um, the most, and i kind of let you take the reins on him and talk about him forward, um, hey, hey, Kevin hey, Porter hey. from USC. <laughs> Ooh, I thought you were going to say my Japanese African American friend, Rui Hachimura. No, I mean, oh, I, no. if Rui Feld is great, but I, I think he's a lot of I love Kevin Porter. But... Give me your spiel on Kevin Porter. That dude is extremely athletic. Um, and I mean, I, he, and he, I have seen some mock drafts where he has been slipping. I mean, I've seen him. 50-50, like he'll be in the lottery or he'll be, you know, late first. Um, the guy has a solid jump shot. He's extremely athletic. But I think the – but he did get suspended at USC for the first part of the season for, I think, team conduct rules, something like that. So – and that's always been the type of player that the Thunder have kind of strayed away from, you know, with attitude problems. Um, but then again, they picked up Dennis Schroeder, who also had that in Atlanta. But, you know, if he falls to us, I'm cool with it. I mean, he's a player that has – really high potential um but you know it's it's kind of a 50 50 you never know but i mean yeah. I, i'd be cool i'd be like if he because there i mean the odds are of, of him falling all the way to 21st aren't that great i mean yeah but you know if, if he if he's there you take him any day because a player with that potential it's kind of one of those things where it's like you no know, you kind of throw away team needs and you take you know the most the best player player available of course, and now Ford, I want to hear your take on Rory Hachimura. So, apologies to the audience <laughs> who has solicited Ford's well, takes. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, we'll, we'll get to that. I want to hear. Oh, because I, I mean, that's going to go for about twenty minutes. For <laughs> like, sure, Jameson. I'm so. sorry. You, I, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he'll go in the teens. I'm probably as high as Miami at thirteen, and uh, I've got him at sixteen in Orlando in my mock draft, which doesn't mean crap. I don't have any sources. I just look at a bunch of things and figure out what fits. Um, my guess is we're trading it, like I said, but if we do, uh, keep it, I think I would love to see Kevin Porter fall to us, but other guys I'd be really happy with, um, Grant Williams from Tennessee. I think he has the, potential. Oh yeah. I was going to mention that too. I think he has the potential to be like a PJ Tucker kind of guy. That's I really think that's, I guess that's a ceiling, but that's a hell of a ceiling for a team, um, that would really, uh, need that kind of role on our team. And I, I feel like we kind of want to look more into older guys than younger guys, unless it, it fall to you kind of like a Kevin Porter. Like, Grant Williams has been – he's he's been there at Tennessee for – he's a senior, right? So, I mean, he 
He knows how to play the game. He won't have to do too much developing. Uh, he's uh, a junior. Yeah, actually. okay, so he's a junior. Still, that's, that's two years older than the majority of people who go into the draft. And I think that that's definitely a kind of a player that we don't have on this team and would do really well in our small ball lineups, spreading the court, putting Jeremy Grant at the five and maybe him at the four. I think that I, that could be something that would be really interesting. Now, that, dude, that, that dude's a hard worker. Like, I've watched a couple Tennessee games this game, and, like, there was one game I, – I mean, he's – I mean, obviously, I mean, he's not a huge scoring threat, but that dude, like, can rebound. Like, he, he would get, like, 15, 16, 17 rebounds a game when I'd watch him. And there was one time – he uh, I forgot who they played. I think it was, like, Vanderbilt. He went 21 of 21 from the free throw line. Like, he's a big fundamentals guy, and I love that. Yeah, he'd work great. Tell me he does not elude P.J. Tucker, Bobby. I mean, he really does. He's He just seems like that type of guy, you know, hard-nosed, you know, can hit a shot when you need him to hit it, you know, plays good defense. You know, I mean, hey, it's – it's like, I agree. I think he's just that type of uh, guy, honestly. P.J. Yeah. Tucker's a little smaller, though. P.J. Tucker's like 6'5", isn't he? Grant Williams is like 6'8". So I think like Grant Williams is about six seven six eight, and I think PJ Tucker is about six six. So oh let's check. So six seven for Grant Williams, PJ Tucker is six six. So one inch difference. Um, I guess that's probably those are my two favorite guys to see. Um, other guys just throwing them out there that I'd be happy. Nikel Alexander Walker from Virginia Tech. I think he's really a perfect three and D guy. Every single guy with two names that I really like that can be a 3 and D gets drafted by the Detroit Pistons like Contavious Caldwell-Pope back in the day, so I bet you they'll take him. That's, that's where I've got him. I'd, lo- I'd, lo- I'd love to see Rui. We'll have a Rui hour at the end of the episode where people that, can, oh, that don't want to listen can stop, and other people who can listen to the four 20-minute spiel about Rui can uh, continue on with the podcast. Or, and, then, and then if we're talking a big guy that I'd really like to see, um, I'd like Mafundu Cabangeli from Florida State. He was kind of their sixth man come off the bench. Um, he, I, I think he could really kind of develop into not an Al Horford-esque, but like a poor man's Al Horford, um, a little bit, a couple inches smaller. But um, he's got good fundamentals, can shoot the ball well, he's got a big body. Um, I just want to see how he'd fit into as a role player rather than being the main guy uh, on a team. One guy I kind of like is uh, I, I kind of like Nas Reed, especially if we're thinking about ditching Patterson and you know um, trying. I think Nas Reed's good if he could somehow fall to us and we are wanting to keep our pick. I I, I kind of like his potential. I think he did very well at LSU. Um, and I I kind of I I like I really just kind of like Nas Reed. So let me tell you something to make you feel a little bit better, Bobby. Um, Nas Reed's kind of stock has fallen. And so he'd be a guy that we could look at if we want that center he can shoot. Um, if we did move back in the draft, say if we traded with like Atlanta or Charlotte or something, you know. Um, he was a five star coming out of high school, McDonald's All American, and uh, he he can play. He would be really interesting. Uh, he definitely has some developing to do, which is kind of not what we're going for with the Thunder. But his ceiling's pretty dang good, and he'd be a perfect backup center, backup big man for what the Thunder are looking for if he could reach his potential. As long as he's you know not who just, I would love to I, I mean as long as he's not just dreadlocked uh, Perry Jones, I'm good with it. That's what you get scared of. That's exactly what you're <laughs> gonna be scared of. 
I'm not kidding. Who I would love to take in the second round if he's available. If we end up trading back, Admiral Schofield too. He's another guy similar to the argument of Grant Williams. Yeah. Kind of, they played very fun. similar games. Um, he can shoot the three ball really well. Mm-hmm. Too. I, he'd be he'd be a good guy. I I I kind of get more excited about this draft when I talk about trading back because it's just really cool to see if we can trade back, shed a Patterson contract with it, and also get a guy that would be a high ceiling. Yeah. Still um, get a guy like Nas Reed or Admiral Schofield, like you said. Um, I guess I is there, are there any guys that, uh, that you really don't like in the draft that you're really I really don't want the Thunder to draft? Ty Jerome. Screw <laughs> <laughs> that guy. I guess nobody you don't you guys don't like any of them? Well no, the the Thunder will never get him because he's not gonna fall, but I really don't like Ball Ball. Um I mean he is I mean, come mm. on. The guy the guy the guy has a bust written all over him. No, oh, but there always is that ten percent, Bobby. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's not even like it's like a weird thing. If Bull Bull was, Bull Bull was good, then it's like, oh yeah, he's a lottery pick. He should be good. But if he's bad, then it's like, of course he was bad. You can see the writing on the wall. I I, I can't remember who I was talking to that mentioned it. He doesn't even like basketball. You know, he's lanky. Just doesn't really. He just—he just seems like a disaster written all over it. Had that foot injury this year at Oregon, um, and who the hell said he didn't like basketball? Why the hell are you playing? I said that. I, I heard it That's on right. multiple multiple uh, well, I mean, like, well, podcasts that, that I listened like, to. Uh, I think I heard it on my Down to Dunk podcast, and I also heard it from Sam Vicini, who's a really good with draft stuff too, um, that I listened to. But it's it's you you got to think about it. It's just think about careers in general, of just people you know. You know, there's sometimes people, whatever their parents do something, they feel like they have to do it as well. And the pressure of them doing that, um, they don't really enjoy it as much. You kind of saw it with Michael Jordan's kids. Michael Jordan's kids tried to play basketball. They do not like it, and they're horrible. But they just kind of had to because their name was Michael Jordan. Bull Bull's dad was Manu Bull, like very yeah. well-known um, NBA player, very, very large Um and he's seven foot two. He has to play basketball. But does he have that drive to get up and work at it every single day and develop? Because when you're seven foot two and linky, you've got to develop. You see what Giannis did with his body whenever he came into the league and he developed his game? That's the kind of work ethic you want out of a guy that has the body type of bubble. And if there's any kind of leak of like he doesn't have the um, want to, and I think it was because the want to came from reports because of the combine his weight was kind of weird and like he was out with a foot injury but like his upper body strength didn't really increase much from his measurements at Oregon which shows he really didn't work out that hard um to perform for the biggest interview of your life that's a multi-million dollar thing which is kind of weird you should probably do everything you physically can do to make yourself Mm -hmm. just look as good at a combine you think those stupid little interviews that you guys we pay like spend hours and days and weeks preparing for and think about them on the scale of I'm going to an interview for a possible multi-million dollar contract like you would do everything you could and if there's even kind of an ounce of he's not doing what he fully can do and he's an injury prone guy I that is a far stay away from me I mean I mean, what what draws people in is his jump shot 
I mean, that dude could shoot from anywhere. Didn't he shoot like 15 of like 24 or something from three, like in like the 21 games he was in at Oregon? His shot blocking ability is just unbelievable. So, I mean, his potential's up there, but I mean, odds are that dude's Kwame Brown 2.0. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's got a really good jump shot, and that's why he was one of the top five players coming out of high school um, last year. He like he's he was right up there in the conversations with RJ, Cam Reddish, and Zion. And you see, those guys are going to be top ten picks. And there's a reason that that talent isn't conveying in mock drafts to be in the lottery in, anymore. A lot of people have him going to place to people like Boston or. At maybe even Atlanta because they have multiple first round picks and can they can take the risk on a guy like that with a high ceiling if it doesn't work out because they have so many picks. Uh, I just mm-hmm. for the Thunder, like I said, we kind of need a guy who is more seasoned, is ready to play now, and can really help us moving forward in these next three years. The three years left, pretty much, we have of good basketball and. If we can't find that in the draft, we need to find that in the trade for our pick for a veteran of a low contract. Now, let me ask you guys this question in terms of like a, a, a more full look at the draft, not necessarily even the Thunder. Uh, who is your kind of diamond in the rough type of guy? Like if you had to pick one guy who isn't R.J. Barrick, John Morant, or, um, you know, obviously Zion, who do you who could you see? having the biggest potential to be a multi-time all-star. Oh, baby. Here we go. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 no. For wait, wait, what? That's will, my diamond in the rough. <laughs> we will leave the Rory. <laughs> we will leave that slut for later. But that's, <laughs> it's, but that's my diamond in the rough. We, 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 we acknowledge it, and we will move on, and we will give you your piece, and Bullshit. I'll make it a- I'll make it a whole segment. I'll give you an intro, and we'll, we'll roll. I'll even give you intro music for it if you want. That is fair. Oh, that is fun. fair. Okay. We, we'll, we'll talk off screen. Give a, you'll, get you'll some give Barry a- White, Marvin Gaye going. I, I like okay. that. Oh, I'm totally into that. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. I'll, I'll get on it. So, what picks were we? I'm, okay. I'm slaughtering the pronunciation. Jameson, you go. It, I, I think this draft is full of role players and which good teams are really kind of happy with because there's so many role players that they can really fit into their system. But for t- middle-of-the-road teams like Chicago and well, – not middle-of-the-road Chicago, but I mean like Washington, Minnesota, Charlotte, you know those teams. Those teams are like 12, 10, 8 area. It's really – it's hard to find kind of that guy can turn into a – you draft him at 15 like Kawhi Leonard turn into a star. I kind of already mentioned it earlier. I guess I'll kind of roll with it. I think the guy that who's going to get drafted later and has a potential to be an all-star is Kevin Porter just because he's an extreme athlete, can score the ball really well, does everything across the board well. Um, it's just there's a, a couple off-the-court things that um, are a little bit concerning about him. Uh, I think he's definitely got the highest ceiling, but he's definitely got a very low ceiling as well. And then you've got to bring in for high ceiling. Yes, Bobol has a very high ceiling, but I just think that is a very, very low chance. Um, but I would, I, I guess, since we already talked about it, Kevin Porter, that's that's mine. But I mean, let me just go through like guys that I have after, say, like DeAndre Hunter and Darius Garland, um, Kobe White. That's just going to be a good point guard. Cam Reddish, he's going to be a great like three and D guy shooter. Um, Sako Dumbia from France. 
he could just be a he'll be a great role player. Nazir Little, good three and D guy. Rui Hachimura probably just gonna be a good scorer off the bench. Jackson Hayes, like an like an all like an average center. That was like the next seven after the top five. You know, like I don't see any of those guys being a st- all star. I could see Cam Reddish being an all star or Jarrett Culver. Jarrett Culver, I think, mm-hmm. has the personality in, in this league and his play style to be a great complement player, and I really like Jarrett Culver, and I think the same for Cam Reddish. I just think to be an all-star, and it's very, very difficult to be an all-star in this league. we got to realize how whenever we say, who can be an all-star, it's very hard to be. Devin Booker's have, never been an all-star, so there yes, you go. You've got to have a role on a team where you can showcase your all of your repertoire and you're not playing a certain little role, role other than the star role. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bobby. I mean, I'd do you like do you I'd like anybody as a as a possible star, or are you kind of stumped on it as well? I mean, I I think the biggest part about this draft is I see a lot of talent that could develop into that. And I know I'm going with the standard Kevin O'Connor middleman take. I know Blake will grill me for this, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's I have a sense that someone's really going to blow up out of this draft that we, that is outside of the Zion, John Morant and uh, um, RJ Barrett range. I, it's, it is a absolutely lush draft uh, full of great prospects. I, uh, I, I like, like a Donovan Jared. Mitchell. Yeah. 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 Like a Donovan Mitchell type of guy. I really like Jared Culver a lot. Um, obviously I'm biased because I've you know seen him in person because of Texas tech uh, but I mean, we'll see. It, it's, it's, it's really tough. Uh, I, I think this is going, I think what you said about this draft being like a really big role player draft. I mean, that's, that's, that's probably what's going to happen. I just feel like there's one guy who's going to blow up Donovan Mitchell style and, uh, really take this league over. The, the one guy I'm not really big on is I really have, <laughs> I really don't understand the big hype around Darius Garland, honestly. Me too. I was going to say something. I was just about to talk about how I think he can be an all-star, so let's hear y'all say (laughs) I just – I always feel like we hear one guy a year who has been hurt, you know, was hurt like the majority of his college years and, you know, didn't get any burn, you know, his freshman year, his one year. And uh, I don't know. I I, I think that – Darius Garland is just going to be that guy. Um, maybe it's my subconscious thinking about that Vanderbilt team that he wasn't a part of, didn't play in the game. But I saw that Vanderbilt team lose at 30. And just whenever I see a Vanderbilt guy on my screen, I immediately am thinking, why is this guy up here? He's bad, even though he didn't play. Um, Kobe White's my other guy that I, I just, don't think I, very well. But... So Ford... And I seem to be going against Jameson's intu- uh, intuitions here. Usually means that, yeah. yes, it's a toss-up. I mean, you and I weren't really big on Steven Adams once upon a time, so you it, never know. I've got so many cold takes with, like, what I think prospects are. <laughs> like, I mean, some... Jameson, you were pissed when we drafted Steven Adams. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> but... yeah. I, I, I didn't believe in the developmental side of things. And he was very... We also... We all celebrated in the streets when Perry Jones fell to us. Yes. And yeah, see, I remember that's, that. That's the opposite of developmental. You see how good he was in college, and we saw that that was his ceiling. Um, 
I, I think Darius Garland's pretty good. I think that's kind of unfair to say, like, oh, he was hurt all of his college, and um, we didn't get to see much of him, so I don't like him. Well, let me tell you something about a Kyrie player. Irving was also yes. hurt. Okay, that's what I was just going to say. Him. Let me tell you about a little point guard who didn't play much at all in college, came out as a freshman, had very, very high regards on him in the draft, and went number one overall in Kyrie Irving. So, And I, I was just before you said it, Bobby, I was going to say, I think the Vanderbilt thing really is sticking in your head because you saw what we did to him as OU. Uh, I, Darius Garland, if you just go look at his tape, and even though it's high school tape and everything, he's making pro-style moves. Uh, I just I think he can be a really good scorer, and I think he could be a perfect piece to this Phoenix Suns team. I think he could play the pick-and-roll really well with DeAndre Ayton. Great compliment to Devin Booker. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think Darius Garland could be a pretty good point guard in this league. I don't, I'm not saying he's going to be an all-star. I just I, I believe in Darius Garland. I'll take your word on it, honestly. Um, yeah. Because I, I definitely know that 100% of that is just thinking Vanderbilt bad, mainly because uh, that was one of the first games I went to with uh, the new whole the new OU alcohol policy. So, hey, you know, it's a little, ha- little hazy, little hazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't that big last draft about Shy Alexander, and look how that turned out. And he's, so, he's just one of the basically top. because of Kentucky guards, minus yeah. John Wall. Hey, Kentucky guards, there's something always, whenever I look at drafts, especially ones that I didn't hear much about, something that I get kind of excited about, um, because of that Devin Booker, Eric Bledsoe kind of mantra, the guys that didn't play much in college because they came off the bench because they had a stacked team around them, um, and they ended up being really good players when they get to spread their wings a little bit whenever they get to the NBA. Keldon Johnson's kind of a guy um, out of Kentucky that could turn to a great 3 and D guy. Um, when, if, you get to, if you get an offer and you go to Kentucky, you know you got a pretty good skill set. So it's just depending on mm-hmm. if they can find their role and they can find their niche. Uh, Keldon Johnson, so I have mocked to the Thunder at the 21 spot. I'm not having him actually go to the Thunder, but I think it's a pretty safe pick for a guy that um, someone could trade up who could fall in love for. And at the same time, if we kept the pick, I would not be surprised if we saw a guy named Kel- Keldon Johnson come to us because we kind of fall in love with Kentucky guys. Go look how much Kentucky guys we had on our team last year. Oh yeah, no, we we really have. If you look at the history, I mean, going going back as far as Dakari Johnson, Daniel Orton, Ennis Cantor was a Kentucky guy. I mean, we it's clear that Sam Presti has a lot of admiration for John Calipari and I mean Eric Bledsoe, uh, DeAndre Liggins, DeAndre okay. Liggins, another one. Bledsoe, we are drafting for the Clippers, so that doesn't count. But oh, I didn't know we drafted for the Clippers. I just thought we drafted and then trade them immediately after. Yeah, no, we drafted him for the Clippers oh. in exchange for Cole Aldrich. <laughs> Ner- Noel, too. That's true. Nerland's also another guy. I mean, it, it, Patrick Patterson, another yes, another no. Kentucky guy. I mean, absolute. I mean, and it's... Hamadou Diallo. Hamadou, yeah, yes. I mean, you, you really can just rattle off names like crazy. Uh, we are uh, Big Blue Nation West, really, I guess. I and but, I guess I guess another be... thing we'd be scared of is Iowa State players too. I mean, we've got plenty of Iowa State players, so <laughs> I don't know. But we've already got Deontay Burton on our team. But Iowa State has a guy named Talon Horton Tucker that is just a little uh, exactly body type, pretty much, but a little bit sh- smaller arms than Deontay Burton. If I dr- if we draft him, that is that okay. If we draft Talon Horton Tucker, I'm gonna be so mad because it's gonna kill Deontay Burton's spotlight. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, we just need to uh, – the thing about the Iowa State guys is they're all from that specific uh, 2016 Hoiberg 
uh, Hoiberg, Hoiberg squad. So um, we really, do, what we really need to do is honestly just go grab George's Niang, who still has the dumbest name in sports because nope, you only pronounce it George. It's, it, why, why is there an S there? Just get George's Niang and uh, Monte Morris, and then we've completed the Iowa State 2016 Infinity Gauntlet. I'll tell you that BJ Mullins was the stupidest name because he specifically said, don't call me BJ, call me Byron. Despite that the fact that he had BJ <laughs> tattooed BJ. on his... He had D- BJ tattooed on his arms. Yes. There, there's no... there's no George's Niang... Okay, George's Niang did not get to choose his name. That was his parents' fault. BJ completely did this. This is something he chose and tattooed on himself and then changed whenever he got too much crap in the spotlight because he looks like a weird beady guy that he had to change his name from BJ to Byron. Just, a, come on. Here's a question. Worst, uh, worst, worst tattoos. Uh, Marcin Gortat. Ro- no, no, uh, well, that's the worst one. The worst singular <laughs> tattoo is Marcin Gortat's Jordan tat. But the worst <laughs> overall tattoos, Byron Mullins, Robert Swift. Which one? Yeah. Oh, Robert Swift. It's, it's, oh it's, it's a tough luck with the red hair and tattoos that are colored. Oh, man. I just, Especially oh. now he's a heroin addict. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't look good. I, I, I feel bad for kicking Robert Swift while he's down because I, while I have not seen an update on him, he's probably down. Dude, didn't you, no, don't feel bad. Didn't he get caught in, like, child pornography? No, no, no. That was, No, no, no. He just used a lot of heroin. That was Birdman, right? Oh, was Same Birdman? guy. Uh, Birdman was acquitted. Birdman was acquitted. <laughs> okay. Robert Sackray has a Snoop Dogg tattoo on his chest. <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> but the whole Martian Gertot not being a Jordan athlete and getting the Jordan tattooed on his calf is pretty bad. That's let's just all say that. I think the Tavo Cephalosha, the game shows me like clip art basketball tattoo might actually be worse than the Jordan. <laughs> that is kind of bad too. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> My it's favorite part has like some like, what's that? Definitely Carmelo Anthony's. Carmelo Anthony's tattoos are so perfect. That dude is just like the coolest guy in the well, not in the NBA anymore. Oh no! I just thought of the first, the worst one by far. Pau Kuzma's one hundred emoji tattoo. Oh, <laughs> that's that's, that's that's really bad. But, but tell me, the Carmel Anthony, you'd see it all the time with his jersey. It'd stick out right there on his left side, and it was the Warner Brothers logo. And it said, Warner Brother, if the cops are coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Awesome. And I mean, I guess another just, like, tattoo that you just think of, just as the NBA athlete, it's just, like, the the first tattoo I really like, this, like, the signature tattoo is the Kenyon Martin, like, kiss the, like, the lips on his neck. Yeah, I think about that too. But Warner Brother is the best tattoo by far. War- Warner Brother is a great one. All right, so we're at the point where we, I think, we're kind of wrapped with the pod. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna cut here. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Rory Hachimura Power Hour, brought to you by Ford Brennan. No, Power guys, hour. I gotta go to bed, man. It's you 11 go o'clock. Yeah. You're gonna cheap out on us? Well, we can do a separate pod.
Do you want me to the give next you spot? I can do it. Do you want me to just I give can... you? I'm, I'm just gonna. I'll set you up. I'll give you your separate hour on it. Like yeah. you can just go with it. How long are you gonna talk about Hachimura? I mean, I can give you like a three-minute spiel right now. Do fifteen? You said like fifteen, twenty minutes. Still, oh, okay, that was a fucking joke. Like, okay, well, that's that's. I don't still, have twenty minutes to, to jack off to, about this. You gotta guy. go to bed. You gotta go to bed. I mean, what's the difference between like having three minutes? Yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing tomorrow, Ford? Going to bed, man. I guess. Dude, that is the biggest, weakest. Okay. Well, I, I can go on a spiel. I've been hyping this up. Let me tell you what. Okay, you want me to tell you why this guy's the fucking man? The guy is 6'8", 240. He's a fucking tank. The guy can take jump shots from anywhere on the court. Shoot three mid-range. His paint game is great. Um, the I mean, defense, yeah, he's not that great. I mean, but that's always development. I don't. I, I see him as really being a guy where he can develop and really adjust his game very quickly in the NBA within like two years and be a solid starting power forward and eventually turn into an all-star. I mean, I think this guy's the diamond in the rough. I think he was the best player on Gonzaga by far, despite what you and Blake said. Um, and I, and th- I mean, did you watch Gonzaga games in the tournament? Okay. And that guy was, played incredible. What I was saying with that Ford was uh, Brandon Clark was a better college player, but better pro prospect, I think is really. Yeah. Ooh. Spicy. But they're oh, very, well. very, very close to each other in mock drafts. It's very back and forth. Oh but, gosh. yes, I understand what you're saying, Ford. I mean, the whole him learning the game a little bit late and the amount of development he came – whenever he first got Gonzaga, that dude could barely – like, was still learning English. You know, like, like he was still – like, he the first year he kind of just learned English and learned the game, and then two years at Gonzaga developed dude, like crazy – like this dude has a very high ceiling if he keeps going and like. Oh, so um, now you come crawling back, you cheap what are you sack talking of about? shit. Brandon Clark was the better player, college player on that team, but yes, he has an extremely high ceiling. There's, there's no doubt about it. For like, whenever you get a guy that hasn't played much NBA, and if they get a good hard work ethic, and you have a great body type, I guess on a big man scale, Stephen Adams. Um, very similar. Comes from New Zealand. Goes to Pittsburgh. Needs time to develop. Develops into a great player. Rui Hachimura. I mean, okay, talk about all-star. Steven Adams, we talked about him possibly being all-star last offseason. Like, I think Rui Hachimura has an NBA-built body. And I think he's going to come in. I think he's going to be a multiple-time all-star. I would be very happy with the Thunder if they drafted him. Um, just because I think it would be something that would be a, a cool developmental guy. Um, and then if... Things go crashing down in the next three years. I would be very happy with them moving forward. Would you cry if we drafted him? No. Mm-mm. Would I cry? Would you cry? Would you cry tears of joy? Oh, Wal- Walgreens better get a sale on tissues and lotion. It's <laughs> time, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Oh, oh, because, because yeah. your, your your face is gonna get really dry from all the tears. Exactly. Yeah. You you gotta get the one that you know, with the soothing lotion. Yeah, you don't want to get. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> Anyways, that is where we gotta hit this pod. I think so. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap this one? No, I just hope that um, that you cut what we did the intermediate of trying to convince Ford to go to uh, do his power hour because 
I think that got a little bit uh, was some vulgar. Oh, what they'll, do, they'll what just be a bunch of bleeps. Uh, they'll just be a bunch of bleeps. <laughs> okay. Well, that's okay. funny. <laughs> yeah, but that no, this is fine. I um, drafts are probably one of my favorite times of the year, right around like free agency. I just I think it's really cool seeing the kids go on and their dream come true, and and also you get to see what your team's gonna do. And that's it's, very dad of you. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. But yeah, no, it's 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 gonna it's gonna be a fun time. Even if we do trade it, um, it's gonna really uh, show a lot of what we're doing in this off season going forward. Jameson's living vicariously through the draft prospects. He's I wish. Better. Yeah, I need it. I'm gonna go full Levar Ball on them hoes. Never lost. Never lost. Little Jameson Junior won the little dribblers camp. My boy is better than Steph Curry. Let me tell you something. You got a high uh, ceiling because your daddy was Bulldog Hoop Camp 2004 MVP. So you better you better live up to those expectations. All my boys going to be in the league. Oh yeah. Clearly, there is an abundance of cannabis flowing through the ball house. <laughs> <laughs> Never lost. All right. So with that. We are going to wrap this pod. We will see you on the other side where we will talk free agency and uh, it'll be great. So make sure to hit that follow button, subscribe, whatever uh, podcast service you listen to. Uh, hit us up on Podcoin. You can listen to us and, um, you know, make a little, little, little money for that. You know, we, you have, we have the boosted multiplier. So jump on that if you want to. But otherwise, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Anywhere you can find pods, it's great. Um, yeah, hit us up with those uh, five stars. Subscribe, and we will be with you all through this off season. Just all, every every free agency signing, every trade, all of that, it'll be great. So definitely hit that subscribe. Make sure to uh, listen in, and uh, yeah, we appreciate y'all's uh, y'all always listening, and it means a lot. So. Yeah, for me, Jameson and Ford, happy draft day and uh, thunder up. All right, Ford, hurry off to bed. Every minute counts. Hurry. Yeah, I know. All right, see you guys. <laughs> um. Dream.
dream.